0: They have to see value from it. My goal is not to enforce a timesheet protocol or manage their hours. It's for me to shine a spotlight on each of them and what they are doing and to make their lives easier in the field. And to do that, I need the data.
1: Welcome to Pre-Sales Heroes, the podcast by Vivin. Today's episode is about a global presales sales leader's buying journey to acquire a platform. I'm your host, Perry Bronson, and I'm joined by the one and only Susan Beal, who is the Corporate Vice President of Pre-Sales at Blue Yonder. Hi, Susan, I'm so pleased to have you here today. We always start our episodes off by talking about your hero origin story. So I'd love to hear from you, how did you find yourself in the world of pre-sales?
0: Hi, Perry. I'm thrilled to be here, and I love this question. It's such a great one because pre-sales often finds us rather than us seeking it out. I began my career at a company that developed and implemented its own software, and I was on the implementation side, but kept getting tapped to do the customer presentations. That evolved into working trade shows and assisting with prospect presentations. And I still remember the day the head of sales turned to my manager and said he was moving me to his team starting the next Monday. That was 17 years ago, and I definitely did not see a career in pre-sales coming. An even better question is, why did I stay in pre-sales? I loved it. I moved into sales a few years after I started and was crushing it, but I missed being the one in front of the room, so I went back to pre-sales. I changed companies and moved up through the management ranks to ultimately run the entire global pre-sales organization at Infor. Then I was tapped to lead the customer office as chief customer officer. Creating an end-to-end experience that tees up success for the customer was incredible, but once again, I missed getting my hands dirty. I made the move back to pre-sales, this time at Blue Yonder.
1: Wow, what a journey and such such an interesting background that you've worked in sales as well as have led large pre-sales organizations, an entire customer org, and ultimately found yourself back in pre-sales leadership. We are so, so, so inspired by powerful women like you in these executive roles leading pre-sales. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how have you structured your pre-sales org at Blue Yonder?
0: Absolutely. So for those of you who aren't familiar, Blue Yonder is the world leader in digital supply chain and omni-channel commerce fulfillment. We have the broadest portfolio in the industry and our solutions are proven at the biggest brands across the globe. Why this matters to you is because we've all seen the headlines of supply chain disruption over the past two years. Blue Yonder's charter is to seamlessly predict, pivot, and fulfill customer demand. So between last year's toilet paper shortage and this year's Suez Canal and port labor issues, supply chain has been hot. Pre-sales at Blue Yonder is equally busy. We are organized regionally, and I joined last year to run our North America business. We no longer have a global pre-sales organization at Blue Yonder. We work closely together. So at Blue Yonder, we have a very broad and deep portfolio. We have over a hundred different solutions And I've organized my team into four product segments, each of which has an exceptional team of leaders setting the vision and strategy alongside their sales counterparts. So we have a pooled set of resources in pre-sales. We support three primary go-to-market teams that are organized by industry and that sell into enterprise customers. And we've got an exceptional team of solution advisors here. What an exciting industry to be in right
1: now with supply chain. I can only imagine how much innovation is happening and on a, a much quicker timeframe than you know maybe has happened in the past. It seems that pre-sales is going to be incredibly instrumental in making those, those big leaps in your innovation and your strategy. And it's great to hear the level of investment you're putting into pre-sales. And it sounds like you're just getting started. How are you going about building out your leadership structure? You must have many, many pre-sales directors and managers on the front line. And I'm curious to know what characteristics you're looking for as you build out this team.
0: Yes. So it's a newer team to me. I've been here for just over a year. I was very fortunate in that I came into a group of very senior leaders who were doing an excellent job. There was no need to rip and replace leadership team that I walked into, but to the point of supply chain being so hot and this market growing so quickly, we're rapidly expanding and bringing in additional layers of management to help us grow and nurture this team. So when we look at pre-sales leaders, what I look for is someone I would want to work for. I would hope they were inspirational around how they approached the job, that they were customer focused. So they were really interested in making sure what we positioned would be successful And they wanted to be out in front of that customer. We need a change embracer. This role is moving quickly. Our solutions are evolving quickly. Our customers are evolving quickly. We can't be stagnant. And we really need a servant leader to make sure that we're taking care of our people. Anyone in a leadership position is putting others before themselves. And we need someone that reflects that. Outside of those qualities, I'm looking for someone to bring a point of view on how should pre-sales best engage with sales? What's the right dynamic for partnership with our product organization? How do we want to engage with our customers post-sale? So again, I want someone who's passionate about evolving the role, evolving the team, and building the next generation of talent to take over for them. Wonderful. Great
1: advice. So Sounds like being customer-focused, dynamic, Taking that servant leadership mentality and a view of the full customer journey, which of course includes product innovation, are your keys to a strong pre-sales leader. That's incredibly inspiring. And I can see how the strength in these areas would really drive impact at any organization. So on that note, how do you think about pre-sales and the impact
0: you can have at the highest level of the company? Absolutely, and this is where the term pre-sales is such a misnomer, when you consider all that our teams are doing. So while our primary charter is to drive revenue, our team does so much more. The title we use for our team is solution advisors, and our solution advisors do so much more than advise just our prospects. They're the internal solution advisors to the entire company around what our products are capable of doing jointly as a a unified solution and independently. They advise our product marketing organization on which customer references to use, on what stories to be telling on changes we're seeing in the market. They work with our industry teams on when we talk about what's driving the industry, how are we gonna demonstrate that and what's gonna really resonate? Obviously they partner well with sales, but they're also working externally with our partners, with our third party advisors and with our analysts. This team's impact is wide and deep at Blue Yonder, and it's my charter to make sure that the team is getting everything they need to be successful and that they're recognized at the highest levels of the company for the efforts that they're contributing.
1: So you're really focused on demonstrating value across the organization internally as well as externally. That is really impressive. It sounds like it's also a bit of being in the eye of the storm, though, where people can maybe be pulled in multiple directions. And it sounds like it could also be a a bit challenging day to day. Oh,
0: absolutely. This is a team that's in hot demand from internal uses, from customers, from our customers that have gone live already. It's, It's a big juggling act to determine what's the right use of their time because they're such valuable contributors in all of these areas.
1: So it makes sense why you identified a need for for a pre-sales platform ultimately to manage all of these competing priorities and really important work they're doing. And Susan, I know there are many leaders out there who own large pre-sales orgs like yourself, and they're wondering, what was the experience like purchasing a platform? I'm wondering if you can share with us some tips and, and steps of what that experience was like.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm really excited to share this because it's so, and it's been so interesting sitting on the other side of the table and buying software instead of sitting on the side we usually sit on and selling the software. And it was a lot of fun to be on the other side of the table because we think we know how to buy, but there are definitely some lessons learned that I want to share with your audience today around how to approach this, what worked for us what I really tried to make sure was ready to go and and some pitfalls that I hope others can avoid. So if I can talk about kind of four major categories that you want to go through, if you're thinking about bringing in a, a solution like Vivin, the, the first one is building that business case and, and making sure that you've got the right arguments in place for what the value is of that piece is. And we'll talk more about that. The second is aligning your stakeholders. Third would be evaluating your options and Fourth would then be choosing, negotiating, and go. And for most of us, that maps to our Salesforce stages or for your typical CRM process. But it's different in in practice than in theory. So let me talk you through kind of our approach and start with a big shout out to the Vivin team that I worked with, Taylor, Chris, and Rachel, who helped to guide us through that process. So if I was to go back to day one, I'd actually went back to before I joined Blue Yonder, During my interviews to come in and lead the team, I asked a lot of questions about how the business was managed. So I was clear coming in that we would need to make investments to improve the team because it was a black hole of intelligence of what they were working on, what value they were providing, and were we using them in the best way? So I joined Blue Yonder last October. And right after I came out of all of my corporate onboarding and meeting the team, I first aligned with our head of operations to make sure that he understood the gap that I saw and got him on board. I then started connecting with my my pre-sales leads. And honestly, we spent a lot of time talking about what was the value of a solution? Was it going to impede our people more than add value? So even within the pre-sales organization, I needed to make sure that there was clarity around what could a system like this do and how would we drive forward that change in a way that was adopted well. So after we got aligned within pre-sales, I briefed my boss, our president, and my CRO of the need in January. I said, I'm gonna be coming to you for investments in two solutions this year, just like we talked about during the interview process. So starting in May, I went back to my boss and said, it's time to go. And he said, that's great, it's not budgeted. So then we had to have the budget conversation and make sure IT was aligned. So building the business case took several months for me to align my stakeholders, get everyone aligned around what we wanted to purchase and why we needed this solution. That's that's
1: really powerful to understand, deconstruct how you built this business case. And it sounds like aligning the stakeholders was something that actually took several different phases before you were able to come back with, with the right case to actually unlock the budget and ultimately work with IT and others. So we all know the questions that um, IT departments tend to want to know is, why don't we build this in-house? So I'd love to hear, why did you decide to buy rather than build? It seems like you had a pretty clear perspective on this early on.
0: I do. And I find the topic just frankly funny considering we sell software, we sell purpose-built software to help our customers solve challenges. Yet here we are as this company saying, we can build it ourselves, which is the exact battle we fight within our customers we're working with, right? Build versus buy is the fundamental question. And within Blue Yonder, they had the same questions, right? Why can't we build this ourselves? And it's not a matter of can you? Sure, we're a software company. We can absolutely build this. But I've come from other software companies where we did try to build this. And I've lived through the pain of trying to design my own pre-sales management tool, wait for there to be bandwidth on the technology team to add incremental capabilities in between a month close, quarter close, fiscal close, When systems were locked and not moving, and then how do we keep it current and move it forward? Just designing the system takes a long time, let alone testing it, let alone designing the reports, let alone working through all of this and then continuing to do it. I already had a full-time job. I wasn't looking for another one as a software designer. I wanted a product that was ready. At my previous organizations, there wasn't a tool that did this, and now there was. So I was very key to make sure that we researched what was available in the market. And if there was an out-of-the-box tool that could do this, we found the best one and brought it in.
1: Got it. So you'd really been down this build path before and you knew the implications of what that would take and uh, the challenges it would be with actually driving usage and fulfilling those needs, it sounds like.
0: You're right. I went in with eyes wide open of what it was going to take. And I think the expression on my face when when we were having these conversations around, should we build or buy it, set it all, having lived through it, even just building it is is just the smallest piece of the battle, maintaining it, designing the roadmap. You're, we buy SaaS solutions for the roadmap to make sure that we stay in front of all the needs that we're going to have.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. You're really you're buying the roadmap as well, which is it's hard to beg, borrow, and steal internally to get what you need built to keep up with the speed of the business. You mentioned earlier how dynamic things are for you, especially at Blue Yonder. So makes a lot of sense. And we all know no no buying journey is is a perfectly smooth road. So if you could have changed One thing that you did in this process of acquiring Vivin, a platform for
0: pre-sales, what would that thing be? I've unfortunately fell into the pothole that a lot of our customers themselves fall into, which is not fully understanding the organization's buying process. So being new to Blue Yonder and not really having done this before, I mistakenly assumed I had lined up all of the approvals at the right level in advance and between changing in personnel and me not understanding fully what that process was. Even though I had consensus from the organization and budget and approval all the way to the top, we still had to go back and redo several internal approvals which wound up delaying the buy by several months. I would have loved to have had it in already. So take it from me lesson learned, make sure you understand what you need to do to buy at your organization. I mistakenly assumed A check the box approval, and that was just not the case. I had to make sure and go back for a much deeper level of understanding across certain certain ones of our approvers. So it sounds like
1: perhaps starting multiple threads in in a department where you need an approval could maybe help keeping a pulse with that those stakeholders and making sure they've maybe even feel like they're part of the the process of the decision making and the evaluation. That could maybe help bringing them in as early as possible absolutely agree. And well, I still think it's very impressive, you haven't been at Blue Yonder very long, and the speed at which you identified this need and were able to get it through is just super impressive. So
0: congratulations to you. I'm, I'm equally impressed with the speed of which we're standing this up. So we signed the contract maybe six, eight weeks ago, and we're going live next week. So I'm thrilled at how quickly we're going to be able to get this solution in place for our full fiscal year next year. Well, what a great way to
1: start out 2022. So now that you are a Vivint customer, I'd love to talk a little bit about all of those areas of impact you were mentioning before. You've got big pressures on this organization and presumably big targets. So now that you're going to have Vivint in place, or you do have Vivint in place, how do you plan on measuring that impact and using the data that we can provide to continuously improve your function and develop the teams?
0: Absolutely. And let me start by painting the picture of pain with the before scenario. So today or before at Blue Yonder, we were operating in a land of giant spreadsheets and redundant team calendars And frankly, we were managing by sound bites. We had so many different solutions going on with so many different sales teams and personnel. There was no way for me to depict accurately a big picture of what was going on without intensive manual effort. And I think my my team leaders would agree that the least favorite emails they got from me were, can you please pull together this information that I need by close of business today or tomorrow? And there was nothing more uncomfortable for me than getting on calls with a CRO, and he would ask questions that I couldn't answer, which is why I was pushing so quickly to get in a platform where I could paint the big picture of what we were doing, what was our cost of sale, what is our effectiveness, and how are we prioritizing deals? Because today it's it's in a splintered set of systems, and I needed a single platform to bring it all together. So it sounds like now with Vivin
1: you're going to be able to answer these questions, but how are you going to go from launching Vivin to actually being able to answer those tough questions like what what is first on your radar in terms of getting your team using the platform? Where where do you think you'll start?
0: Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head with getting the team to use the system. Yeah. Throughout the procurement process, my number one point back to your sales organization and to tailor our pre-sales person was if this doesn't make my people's jobs easier, I'm not buying it. This has to be easy and they have to see value from it. My goal is not to enforce a timesheet protocol or manage their hours. It's for me to shine a spotlight on each of them and what they are doing and to make their lives easier in the field. And to do that, I need the data. So, step one is make sure that we've configured this as simply as possible to capture what we need to report up throughout the organization and manage prioritization. Next week, we're opening laptops in a, in a single room in Scottsdale, and we're going to start looking at all these opportunities and talk about how we'll do that in Viven moving forward. So I'm excited for that. The second step then is, and I'm working with my managers on this now, is what are we going to do with the data? Their eyes have been opened to a whole new way to manage the business. It's amazing how you think you're doing such a great job when you're really flying completely blind. And when you get that cover off your eyes and you can see what you should have been able to see, it makes a profound difference. So light bulbs are on. So my testing team is excited. My managers have had a wow moment of, wow, this is what we should be able to do. And this is how we should be managing. So it's now all about getting that data, raising visibility and also working with our sales counterparts around how do we leverage this in a way that helps them see where they should be putting their eggs in the basket as well.
1: That's really powerful. Yeah, I think we've actually spoken about that before. How to, how to use this these deep insights you're getting from pre-sales to actually improve the relationships with sales and improve the forecasting and the close rates and ultimately all of these large revenue goals that we have to answer to. It's really, really great to hear how you're starting from the ground up and good luck on this kickoff call in Scottsdale. That is, it just sounds incredible. I'm so jealous. I haven't seen my, my colleagues in person ever, mostly. So
0: that'll be a really powerful session, I'm sure. Perry, it's the first time I'm meeting most of this team in person since joining. So it's been about 14 months and and I'm really excited both about the Vivin launch and finally getting back in a room with this amazing team. And I'm excited to share with you more over time how we're doing and how it's going. I can't wait for that. And yeah, I think that
1: answering those big, tough questions you mentioned, like the cost of sale and the efficiency and actually improving those things, that's going to be The most exciting story when we can talk about how that's actually changed and your team has been empowered even more with Vivid. So I can't wait to have that conversation. Agreed. So to wrap up for our listeners, many of you are wondering how to go about getting a platform for your team and to unlock their highest potential. So in Susan's experience, and I think it was a very good one, it's all about the business case in order to unlock your budget, of course, but You're not just going to write that in a silo. So you start with aligning your stakeholders where you identified the blind spot yourself. You aligned your perception of the problem with the needs of your pre-sales leads. That paved the way for your business, a case, and you were able to actually work with your, your leadership.
0: Was it a CRO that you were working with for your final approval in your case, Susan? Yes, absolutely. And yeah. in an interesting twist of fate, our CRO came out of our pre-sales organization. So we are very fortunate to have a CRO that really understands what we're doing, the value of this team, and is more than willing to help us shine that spotlight on them. Oh, what a great example of how people that come from
1: pre-sales just do incredible things across the organization. In, in terms of the stakeholders, just a little learning from what you might have done differently is... Getting folks involved from IT, perhaps from sales ops, folks that might need to feel like they really understand why you want to buy versus build, getting them involved early, making them part of the decision process, and helping them understand really what's in it for them, how you're going to actually save them time in the end and make your organization more successful in the same vein. And then from there, once you've got your business case, it's about evaluating your options Making a choice, negotiating, and going, just getting started. So wonderful tips for people out there. Thank you so much for your time, Susan. I really appreciate
0: having you here, and I can't wait to have you back. I'm very excited to share what we've been up to. Thanks again to your whole team for getting us to this point. It's obviously a surreal experience selling to pre-sales. I know we put your team through a lot, but we learned a lot as we went through it, and we're excited to partner going forward. Well I've heard wonderful things about
1: the process. We've learned a lot from you as well. So thanks again so much and to all the audience out there, I hope you've taken away some some great learnings today from Susan. Thank you very much. <music>